Draft. You probably saw him on Last Chance U, seasons three and four, I believe, on Netflix, where he led Independence to a championship. They asked me to do a podcast, the Coach JB Show, uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I ain't no math major, but I'm a hustler. I'm going to give it to you raw and uncut. That's Coach JB. Sarah Cheek, mother of four and an OnlyFans content creator. I want to give an unfiltered, be real, true evaluation of different things and, and really share my opinion as well. You fucking slap dicks. Fucking slap Down the brass tans, questioning the ass was deep in stress. All in, all gas, no break. I love sports. That's just a part of who I am. She's got sports blood in her, so she's on the cover of FHM magazine. And the coach I'll never stop trying to reach the top because I still remember how the bottom feels. This is an anomaly, this guy right here. Yeah. Yeah. This is a unicorn. Ain't nobody going to say shit about JB. I've got a chip on my shoulder. Trying to eliminate this soft society we have. I'll drink my yak and smoke my stick. And I'll get it back Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Coach JB Show. It is Sarah Blake, yours truly, and we have an awesome, fun-filled, eventful, super-packed show for you today. Without further ado, let me introduce you to my favorite person and your favorite person ever, Coach JB. What up, what up, what up? Uh, We got a little internet glitches going on here, so I apologize. (laughs) Uh, We got a bunch of shit cracking here all day long, but had trouble welcome in to the coach jb show with sarah blake we got a action-packed um crew lined up for you uh great friend of mine grew up with them he is mr globetrotter himself um mr trotter kevin daly uh he actually played michael jordan uh in a commercial we will show you later on you'll see who he is he's a cigar enthusiast uh played at ucla actually dunked on vince carter in the tournament we will bring him on today uh, in about 15 minutes. And Colorado um, journalist and um, extraordinaire Peter Groff, who is on Twitter, he will be joining us in the second hour to talk all things real. So I appreciate everybody joining us. Make sure you head on over to betonline.ag. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V-5-0. And go get you 50% off. And make sure you understand, Canada Dips is doing a promo. I want to win the bitch. Go to CanadaDipsCBD.com. Get you some dips, cans, tans. Use the promo code COACHJB. Um, lot to unravel today. Lot to discuss. We had the morning show this morning. Uh, appreciate growing that. Um, we talked all things NFL plus last night's Monday Night Football game. Today, me and Sarah... And the guests will be more into college. We'll be talking some college football, um, a lot of other things, some realignment. We're going to break down some college conferences. Um, we're going to get into a few things in that in that regard. And uh, and we got two great guests on. So I appreciate everybody joining us here. Hit the like button, subscribe, become a member, and let's get it cracking, Sarah. All right, Sarah, 
You good now? Everything good? No hurricane? We're all right? <laughs> no hurricane. We're all right. Um, we got Globetrotter himself. I don't know if you grew up. You might be too young, Sarah. The Globetrotters were a big I deal. I know who the Globetrotters are. Meadowlark Lemon. So, so I want to break down everything real quick. So, Meadowlark Lemon was like the OG, right? He was the main Globetrotter. And what happened was he became older. The Globetrotters fizzled out. And they brought a younger crew in, more my age. And my friend ended up getting the Meadowlark Lemon roll. And he's going to explain it today on the show. But that's Kevin Daly who's going to be joining us. And his career kind of blew up from there. He played at UCLA. And then he became... He was so athletically gifted that Michael Jordan saw him playing at UCLA and was like, man, I'm going to do a commercial playing myself, and I need somebody that can jump with me. And they they made him um, Michael Jordan's stunt double in a commercial that basically he was playing himself in and uh, came out in the early 2000s. So, like... He, he, he became this guy that everyone knew, and then he played overseas, played in a, uh, got a lot of opportunities, but uh, now he's a cigar enthusiast, and he's, on a, he's blowing up on TikTok, and we're going to get into all things um, real with him. And then Peter Groff's going to join us in the second hour, and uh, he does consulting. He's like a big-time consulting um, person, so anyone that needs some consulting or some help, <laughs> Uh, make sure you uh, stay tuned for this one. Um, but listen, we bring in real cats on this show. We bring in all walks on this show. Um, this Later this week, we have a mental health um, professional. Uh, she'll be joining us. Um, she actually has suffering from mental health herself and is autistic. And um, she has two kids and a, and a family, lives out here in San Diego. Um, she's, out, she's a verified person. I'll give you her information on Twitter and Instagram. She actually has a huge following. She'll be joining the show this week, too, on Friday. And then we have Brandon Lang Friday. We have Matt McChesney tomorrow. And then we have a couple other guests uh, joining us this week. So, um, But let me get to the quote of the day um, real fast. I'll just tell it to you. Prep tomorrow today. Prep tomorrow today. How many of you guys really prep tomorrow today? Or do you just wake up and think about nothing? Like, get your ass, get your future aligned today. Too many people just sit around and wish in one hand, shit in the other one, and see what fills up first. No, prep tomorrow today. So start thinking about tomorrow today so you can be ahead of the game and not winging the shit uh, like I do this show. So, Sarah... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Albert Pujols hit his 703rd home run. I don't know if that's a big deal. He passed Babe Ruth for second all time. I guess that's a big deal. Um, I haven't watched one baseball game this whole year. I haven't watched one thing. Um, Not even my Dodgers, Dodgers for everyone out there that's not from L.A. I haven't watched anything. I haven't watched anything. Um, your guy, who you predicted would be the starter in Pittsburgh, Kenny Pickett, um, he was announced the starter for the regular season, uh, the remainder of the regular season. Um, Did you see how everybody is trolling him? I mean, I have gotten a really good laugh lately. No, why? They're like, somebody somebody catched every throw he made. But they're, not say, they're saying somebody because he threw like shit. Yeah, he's, yeah, you're right, because he threw three picks. 
He threw, right. he, he threw three picks, and then everyone that every every Twitter guru that's talking shit to me, um, <laughs> because I said the first one, I said this is the beginning of the Kenny Pickett era and the end, all in one play. Um, everyone's like, yeah, because uh, Claypool didn't catch the ball. I'm like, really? I broke down the play several times. He never even got a fucking hand on the ball. The DB fucking hit the ball before he even got a hand on the football. But you right. want him to catch it. And anytime, Sarah, just so you know, so when you see Hendon Hooker do it this weekend, anytime you see a receiver catch the ball like this, like a fucking punt, the ball's probably late, and it's probably not a good throw. <laughs> we well, don't want our receivers Hendon catching Hooker's punts. Hendon Hooker's accuracy is one of the best, so... Yeah, but we don't want our receivers... Maybe when I see LSU. Well, we'll see about that, Sarah, but we don't want our receivers returning punts like this in the middle of a fucking game on a post route. Like, why are we, why are we having to do this on a, on a fucking post route? Like, it don't make no sense. But it is what it is. We we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I don't know about you, Sarah. You're in Florida. You're in Tampa. I know Jacksonville's not too far away, but the Jaguars are now the new favorites to win the AFC South. That is crazy. That is Vegas odds. The Jaguars are the new AFC South favorite. I am like, I can't believe how bad the Colts are playing. Tennessee's won two, in a, two games in a row, which kind of shocks me on the Jacksonville thing. I'm surprised that they've already moved them into the lead of this thing because I guess they played the Eagles strong. They blew out the Chargers. Um, they blew out the Colts. And uh, I, I guess we're putting them in the AFC South lead as a favorite so i i'm curious on that one i i don't know about that um everybody's anointing favorites too early like i mean does it even really matter right now i don't know i you know i don't know um what do you think about this last night sarah the 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 wagner thing i freaking um, loved it <laughs> i loved it too i talked about it this morning on the show um i loved it too but you know the issue is He's going to get sued. We have a video we could actually show. We, we showed it this morning, though. I just wanted to show you that. Yeah, you, you can't get sued. Like, there's no fucking way. And if you sue me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn around as Bobby Wagner and sue the NFL. Because you allowed this fucker on the, on the field. And I'm very confused on... You can allow people on the field to put us in harm's way. Like, this guy's running with something, Sarah. He's running with something. It's a gender reveal, isn't it? Or was nah, it? It's like rescue. It's like rescue dot com, or, or it's like a, a. I think it was like. Where was this? Yeah, he's an animal protester. Where's the sat? Where was this game at? Frisco. See. So like, where's security? How are dudes getting out there? How are dudes continue? Did you see the LSU game where dude just walked on the field and chilled? Yeah. Like he was just chilling, like right there in the behind the fucking, like right behind the damn play. Yes. Like, 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 where, like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? So you could sue the player in the game in the NFL, but I can do illegal shit and break in and go on the field, <laughs> and then turn around and sue you, Sarah. That's going to have to be the climax portion of this show because we're going to talk about how just enabled everybody has become. <laughs> Everyone is so quick to <laughs> sue somebody. I should be suing Netflix. Shit. But anyway. Um, I just don't have that bitch in my blood, Sarah. I just don't know. I didn't grow up suing everyone, snitching on everyone. How about this? How about this? We're in the we're in the foreplay segment of this show. Uh, apologize. Brought to you by CanadaDipCBD.com. 
Um, I love having foreplay with Sarah right there. <laughs> Clap it up. We are in the foreplay portion of this show. Um, Sarah, I got to be honest. I get a, I get a regular on my, on my timeline on Instagram. Some guy goes, damn, coach, IG lets you slide with this. That's good looking out. Usually they don't let you get away with stuff like this. When I posted the whole video about Tua that went viral and, and had over a million views, they, he posted that. So I responded. I'm like, thanks a lot, fucking snitch. Like, what? that is the world we live in now. Everybody is so eager and happy to spill the beans and make everything available. Everybody wants availability on social media. They want to blast you out. And you know what? I don't think the cat actually even thought of being, like, malicious. I think that is the norm now. I think this is the norm. Mm -hmm. And so when I responded and said, thanks a lot, you fucking snitch, he... (laughs) He, he kind of responded, like, laughing out loud or whatever. Like, he's like, damn, Coach, my bad. I, I didn't even think about it. That's the thing. These cats don't think at all. They only, they only see what you say and hear it. They don't listen or, or even understand the football things that I'm breaking down on those game films. They don't listen to that shit. They're not even looking. All they care about, as soon as I pop up, Sarah, just like all <laughs> they care about when you pop up and do something in your pool or at the farm or whatever, they are just ready to respond with a negative comment. They don't give a shit what you're I doing. Get more, I think I get more negativity like with the sports atmosphere because men are eager to call me out as far as correct me. And I'm like, you know, I never said I was a brilliant this whatever in sports guru. I, I'm a sports fan. I love it. I'm learning it. I know some, you know, I know my Tennessee balls. I know the SEC. I know college football. Um, I don't know a lot about the NFL. I know my team. But at the same time, it's like the thing about KU, I'm like, are we going to rush the field every time we win? Like, it's a joke. It's it's humor. It's for retweets, whatever. Right, right. And these people are like, oh, my God, you're terrible. You should just be supporting the fact that they're winning. And I'm like, what? Oh, I know. It's a joke. Like, you can't say nothing on social media or you're just going to be absolutely blasted. And it's everybody's on Twitter knows everything. So, you know, they know everything about their Imagine job. Imagine if you did that job. at their job. Yeah, your job Imagine and their Imagine if job. you came in there and said something to an accountant. Oh, you're not adding those numbers up right, sir. Buddy, you need to look at that again. Like, there, what happened to people's, like... I don't know their class, manners, respect. Not in it. Have you seen the? Uh, I believe it was the NC State game when dude came off the out of the stands and pushed the dude down. Or no, it's Texas Tech. I want to say it's Texas Tech game. Cat came out and pushed a player in the back, a regular cat out the crowd, and pushed the player what? A- after the game in the shake lines. So a student ran down and pushed the cat in his back. Like a regular player, you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, it's, it's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, with no further ado, man, we're gonna get into our first guest. Uh, like I said, um, great, great friend, great dude, man. Like I said, I'm gonna introduce him here in a minute. He played at UCLA, former Hooper. Um, like I said, I told you kind of a little bit about him. He's uh, the new. He was kind of the new era of Mr. Globetrotter himself, Cig- cigar enthusiast. Uh, my main man, Kevin Daly. Clap it up. <laughs> Kevin, what up, dog? 
What it do, JB? Man, I ain't seen you in a minute, dog. I, I, I'm glad I see. I I hate to see you over a damn a fucking screen, but hey, I gotta come out there and see you, dog. You got a little fly crib cracking? What's cracking? This, yeah, hey, this is my great happen, co-host man. Sarah go. Blake, man. She's on the cover of Playboy magazine, and uh, I want to introduce you guys together. So, Sarah, this is Kevin. Kevin, Sarah. Hello. Hey, Sarah, you know, I got a lot of respect for you because you deal with JB on a regular basis. So I got to <laughs> give I mean, that, that takes a lot right there. It's, it's a hard job. <laughs> Clap it up. Hey, uh, make sure everybody on the bottom on the ticker, that's Kevin. Uh, that's Kevin's Twitter, social media, Instagram, and follow him on TikTok. He is doing a lot of good stuff on TikTok, especially in the cigar world. So um, I, did, I didn't even know he was in the cigar world. I've been in it for 22 years now, so I'm glad to see Kevin in it. And he's, his videos are very, very informative. If you haven't seen him, make sure you follow it. It's on the ticker. Yeah, I'm going to take it off the ticker right now. I'll put it back on so we can get the full screen of Kevin. Uh, let me see if I can do this the right way for him. Um, bam, there we go. Um, now I can keep it on the ticker. So so me and Kevin grew up together somewhat. We used to call Kevin Twix, all right? You guys don't yeah, even, even know, need to know why or what. But he was a dude that had major boosties, all right? So he had hops. He was a hooper. And... Uh, Michael Jordan hired him as a stunt double. So, Kev, you gotta, you gotta explain this, dog, because we're gonna show a video in a minute. Explain how you got into that um, and why he chose you and, uh, and, and kind of how that all came to fruition. Yeah, that's a good question, man. I was, uh, so, I was a double for Michael Jordan in several commercials. One of them was uh, very iconic. Some people call it a top 10 commercial of all time. It's a Gatorade commercial when Michael Jordan of present was playing one-on-one against Michael Jordan of the 90s, the Chicago Bulls Jordan. So, man, you know, I grew up in L.A., you, you know that, and I was out there doing my thing. I was starving, no money at all. All I had was uh, basketball. So I was playing in a, in a league called the, uh, the Real Run in Carson. Uh. And I was playing with Paul Pierce. So my, my favorite. Yeah, yes. Hey, so hey Kev, before you go further, let's show the video real quick. I want to cut to the video. I want to okay. show the video to everybody so they know what Kevin was made of. And when you saw him playing one-on-one, uh, -on -one, you could see that he was just uh, as athletic as it gets. Um, we're going to show the video here in a hot minute. Um, what the fuck? All right, we'll come to it in a second. So tell the story, Kev. Um, you you were you were you you were you were playing the real run with Paul Pierce. I was just with Paul two 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 weeks ago. Um, so you were in the real run. I remember the real run like yesterday, man. No what doubt, what man. happened? That was the place to be, man. It was the it was the real run. It was the Drew League, but the Drew League wasn't as big as it is today, right? So I knew that everybody was coming to see Paul Pierce. I was clear about that. <laughs> And some people may have known me from UCLA high school and all that, but not everybody knew me. And I took that opportunity as, hey, if they didn't know me when they came in, they're going to know me before they leave. So I was doing my thing. I was dunking like crazy. Uh, the And then that's when the Harlem Globe tried to sign me, and I left to go to Phoenix. Now the guy that was running the, the real run, Nate Bellamy, along with the uh, uh, DeAnthony, so he he was in charge of the 
casting for the commercial. And he couldn't find me, couldn't find me anywhere, right? Eventually he found me, but they had settled, his words, settled with Jamal Crawford to do the commercial. However, once they found me, they put him to the side and made me do the commercial. And they wanted somebody who looked, uh, had a, a similar physique to Jordan back in the Bulls days. And that I can also do the same dunks. They went to New York, L.A., Detroit, and Chicago, and they could find one or the other, but they couldn't find both. And eventually they they felt that I was the best fit for it, and that was the first time I worked with them. Got so many cool stories from just those three days of that commercial and other commercials that we did, too. Let me ask you this. DeAnthony from Watts, from Verb. Yes. Yeah, that's my boy. Way. We grew up together, actually, too, man. So yep. we we grew up in a, uh, you know, obviously, red rag neighborhood. Uh he was a uh, good friend of mine. I just saw, I just talked to him the other day. Um, he came to my whiskey and vodka launch party. So That's what's up. He, uh, he's, from the, he's from the Nickerson Gardens. He was actually Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. If anyone's ever seen the movie Rebound, the Earl Manigold story, the guy Kevin's talking about is uh, DeAnthony Langston. He played Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which was Lou Alcindor, in a movie called Rebound, which is one of my favorite movies of all time about Earl Manigold. If you don't know who Earl Manigold is, Go check it out. In the meantime, we're going to show you this video. Kevin playing Michael Jordan. Nice shot. <laughs> Let's see what you can do now. Oh, hold up, Kev. Explain. That's you right there in the Jordan, in the chore, in, in the in the Bulls right here, right? Yes, that's me in the red. That's All correct. Right. Let's see what you can do now. Let's go, man. Don't smile, kid. How much you want? All day. Oh, gotta stay down. So that's all you right there banging. All of it. It's gonna be a little bit more than banging too, though. I got that. You got what? That's a youngster for you. Just when you thought it was safe to come outside. Bet you won't score again. I won't score again. Hey, like that rainbow. We're not done. Excuse me. Had enough? All you right there. And that ain't lower the rim, man. That ain't lower the rim. Oh, shit. I already know. Shit. <laughs> well, look here. Sucker. You reach, I teach. Oh, we'll see. Lesson just started. Come on. That's ugly. Could have done. You should have done. Hey, Mike. What? what? Who's got next? Get your young boy out there. Now, that's you again, right? That's me in the NC jersey. Let me, hey, let me tell you a story, though. When I first stepped in, we took three days to film it, right? So I first stepped in on the court. MJ was already there. I extended my hand to, to introduce myself, and he was like, before I could even say my name, he said, hey, how you doing, KD? And I said, what? In my mind, I'm like, Michael Jordan knows my name. I'm going nuts. I'm in my early 20s, mid-20s. So the director says, hey, man, all right, this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to just go out there and just play one-on-one. -on -one. And I'm like, what you mean? Like, yeah, you just, just, just play one-on-one -on -one for real. And I'm like, I need to, I got to go play one-on-one -on -one against Michael Jordan. I ain't <laughs> never seen him in my life. He's my favorite athlete ever. Yeah. And then he said, oh, and by the way, I need you to talk shit to him too. So I'm thinking, what the hell can I possibly tell Michael Jordan? <laughs> oh, my God. And th there were times that it was getting so heated. The director would yell, yell, cut. Back in them days, you had to cut and change the film 
You don't have to do much of that today. He will yell cut and Michael Jordan will be like, hey, nah, man, hold on. I'm teaching. Get out the way. I'm teaching. And it got and it just got heated at times. And I'll tell you a story later about how he dunked on me and how I dunked on him back, too. Damn. Hey, so I got to hang out with this motherfucker actually not too long ago. One of my good friends, Pat Perez, is a Jordan golfer uh, with Live Tournament now. He was a PGA now. So I got to meet him because that's that's Pat Pat Perez's boy. And uh dog, he probably went through about 12 Cubans in about two and a mm-hmm. half hours. And then all so finally after security allowed us in, then he was like, Man, you guys are cool. And he was actually a fan. He was like, JB, man, I love you on that show. And I'm like, That's damn. What's up, man. And I'm That's like, damn, you up. know, LeBron said the same shit to me. So I was like, God damn, this show's fucking well yeah, recognized. I mean that right? from LeBron. Hey, I'm a fan too, dog. I'm uh, a fan too. Yeah, man, shit. I, I still ain't watched that motherfucker. But I, hey, I watched it in two days. <laughs> hey, so look, um, the breakdown of that, and then I was telling folks before you came in, I'm like, look, man, you don't even really realize Kev played at UCLA. Give me the UCLA story, because you went to UCLA after kind of a journey like myself. We, You got back to UCLA. I remember you tip-jammed on Vince Carter in the tournament. I know you guys were down against North Carolina that game, and I remember that vividly, because I think I was watching it with, like, DeMond and them. And yeah. uh, rest in peace. And so I was watching with the homies. I'm like, damn. And then he, you caught him on the side on a tip. And uh, the game was over pretty much. But I, what, I don't know. What was that? Sweet 16 maybe or something? No, that was the Alaska shootout in Alaska. Oh, okay. I got you. Okay. So it was Alaska shootout. So what happened? Tell the journey. You went to Artesia. You bounced. You went to – and then give us a journey from there, how you ended up yeah, uh, I'll UCLA. Make it quick. I'll make it quick. So from Artesia, Artesia High School, man, known for the, the latest is uh, James Harden. But before that, it was Charles O'Bannon, Ed O'Bannon, Avondre Jones. So many, so many great basketball players came out of there. So uh, J- Jason Capono came right after me. So I just followed the same journey. I went to UC. I went to Nevada, Reno, as a freshman. If you remember that, I remember you were telling me this is when the internet was fresh. You were telling me that your dad had an internet and you were watching the games. Yeah, dog, that was with 96. I don't know that if you was remember when, that, man. Homie, we was on, um, me and Dave Bone was on, yeah. uh, that was the first time internet hit up, man. Uh, me and Dave created a, on the website. I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to put it out there, too. Me and Dave were fucking around on the internet, dog, and it was a, it was a website, I believe. I think it was called Black Planet. <laughs> yes. Was that a real one? Yes. Homie, Black Planet. We didn't want to let nobody. Me, Big, me, Dave Bone, and Big Ed. We was all in my dad's crib watching you play. And, <laughs> and we were chilling, and we were like, dog, what does this mean? And then we were talking to this female. She was like, dog, you make up a name, whoop, bam. Right, so, dog, right. we were like, fuck that. We're not giving our name out. So we created a name, K. We, we, we created a name, KD. You know what the fucking name was, homie? What was it, man? Debo the Big Homie. Debo <laughs> the Big Homie. We made a name up, and Big Ed met a big old fat bitch, homie, and it was right <laughs> oh up the street God. from the crib. And, and Big Ed walked out the house, made a right, and this big old fat 400-pound bitch was sitting there, and he just met her like an hour ago. We were like, damn, this shit is real. This is, no, not, this is like days, 96. Man. That's what's up. So, man, so I went to Reno, man. I was the only freshman actively playing, and I had a good freshman year. But then in the summertime, I was playing with Cameron Dollar. UCLA had just won the championship in 95. Yep. And I was playing with him in uh, in summer leagues. 
And then Jim Herrick, the coach at the time, yeah. illegally came to watch me play. <laughs> and then he he offered, he said, man, I want you to come to UCLA. Man, I'm from L.A., man. Ain't no way I'm not coming back home to play at UCLA. So I went back home and I uh, had to redshirt my first year. Then my second year, the whole thing happened with Baron Davis and Jim Herrick got fired. So that's when I felt that I got fired too. Uh, and that game that you're talking about with uh, against Vince Carter in North Carolina, that's really when I made the decision to leave UCLA. And I have a similar story, those last chance you stories. I didn't get in trouble or anything like that, but I was in a position where it's like a, a pivotal time in my life. Like, what do I do? Do I stay at UCLA and ride the pine or do I go somewhere else where I can be seen and eventually make a career out of basketball, which I, you know, I made the right choice. I, I got paid for basketball for 14 years. You know, you can't be mad at that, right? Hell no. So um, I decided to leave and I went to Azusa Pacific and I played my two years there and I was an All-American in uh, NAIA and I was, you know, top 10 in everything that you can mention. One of the only two players that got invited to the NBA, uh, uh, Poor Smith, invite only from, from that type of division. And right. uh, yeah, man, played overseas all over the place and eventually settled down with the Globetrotters and I played 10 years as the leader and captain of the Globetrotters. So tell us, break down the Globetrotters. We got a lot of youngsters now. We're getting yeah. old, KD. I, I, shit, motherfuckers don't even know. Sarah knows. She remembers the Globetrotters. I so know. I was and happy I you remembered them, Sarah. I a ball <laughs> on my finger. Like, oh, look what I can do. Hell yeah. yeah. I it Hell was yeah. Uh, how did that come to fruition? And were you basically Meadowlark Lemon? Or was it a basically, are you the new era of Meadowlark Lemon? And how did that all come to fruition? That is the exact same role that I had. I was the leader of the team, the, the, the one in charge of most of the, the gags and the, the gimmicks. I played with a microphone hooked on my, on my jersey. Yeah. So they saw me in that same place, that real run. That's where they saw me play. Damn. And uh, I didn't know anything about it, but I was getting ready to have a baby. And I was coming from playing in different places overseas where I was getting paid, but I was never getting paid enough where I could come home and have money to live, right? I was just making money enough to live while I was there. Right, right. So having a baby, you start thinking a little differently. I started thinking about benefits and 401ks and, and all of these grown-up things, right? So the, the Globetrotters offered all of that, and I knew they were a little bit more stable. I knew I was going to get paid, so I joined the team. I didn't know what I was doing. I joined the team, and eventually – uh, they saw something in me that I didn't even know that I had, and they helped me bring it out. And I became one, according to others, I became one of the most iconic Harlem Globetrotters ever. And for those who don't know about the Harlem Globetrotters, it's, all, it's, a, it's a bunch of guys who are very gifted physically, can play basketball at a high level, but at the same time are able to entertain and turn the entire game show into a family event. So we had so many fans that had no idea about basketball or sports, don't even care for it, but they love the Globetrotters because of the entertainment value and, and adults bringing their kids because their parents brought them when they were kids. You know, that was the, that was the beauty of it. No, no doubt. Um, <laughs> Man, it, you were impressive, dog. I was like, shit, man. Like, you took what Meadowlark did back before the internet 
and you made afros and tight small shorts and flipped it into sagging and looking like Jalen Rose and Michigan Fab Five out there and brought the new era shit, which which I was I was like, dog, it's, that's impressive. Um, impressive what you did and how you did it, man. It's only like I tell people all the time about quarterback, dog. Fucking you either have it or you don't have it. And right, you've right, taken right. every realm of life you've been in and you fucking created a successful path. And that leads me to my next question. How did you get stuck on what got you put on cigars and, and, and what made you start doing TikTok videos? Because I saw, I just started yeah. noticing and I was like, damn, this shit is nice. I appreciate yeah. somebody that comes out. And I love to hear you say, quit thinking everything's a fucking Cuban. They're not around. Right. You don't find <laughs> Cubans everywhere, dog. You don't even, you probably never even had a fucking real Cuban if you're a novice. Exactly. And you don't even know the difference between a Cuban. So my Slapdick Cigars, we're, we're launching October 22nd right here in Newport Beach. Um, if you're in Cali, let me know. But I'm going to send you some this week. They're a, they're a single Lajero leaf, Cuban hand-rolled leaf, hand-wrapped, um, hand-rolled out of Nicaragua. A lot of people don't realize Nicaragua is now the new place. This is where yes. Cuban sends it because of the embargo. Cuban yes. sends their leafs over to Nicaragua. Nicaragua yep. rolls them. And we got two farms in Nicaragua. And so our Cuban leaf cigar is a single Lajero. The next batch is going to be a triple Lajero, a Maduro, because I'm a Maduro guy. Me what, too, man. What got you into the cigars, dog? And what made you want to do the TikToks? Man, I'm going to tell you, uh, the first thing that got me into cigars is just, I just thought it looked so cool, man. You know, you, you see all these movies, you know, you see uh, Montana and, 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 uh, and, and uh, Scarface, and it just looks so cool. So I just, you know, I started smoking and not knowing anything about it. And eventually I started to learn about the culture. My favorite thing about cigars is not even the actual cigars. I love the cigars, but it's the culture, right? How you can go to a place and sit down and just have a conversation. You can't do that with cigarettes, Hell no. right? <laughs> you don't. You don't see that. Or vape. Or vaping. None of that. None of that, right? So I, I started learning a little bit more. And when the pandemic hit, I was bored, man. Right here in my backyard, I got this lake in front of me, and just. But I was just tired of just being home. Hell so yeah. I said, you know what? Let me just look. I'm hearing about this TikTok. Let me just see what it's all about. And I started, I said, you know what, what if I, I started doing some videos and it wasn't really getting any hits. So I said, you know what, I like cigars. Let me make videos about cigars and made a video and it had like, I don't know, like 60,000 views. And I said, what in the world? And I just kept doing it and people was asking me questions. I said, man, there's an interest for this. So I started doing that and I, I, I try to keep it funny, educational. Take a take a listen to this guy. This guy is very, very inter I like how you Number cut him. Five. I love everything. Can you smoke somewhere else? Assuming the cigar smoker is smoking in a place where he's allowed to smoke. I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, ma'am. You're the one that has to move. Number so true. four. Can I try a puff of your cigar? Um, that's gonna be a hard no. Number three, why do you smoke cigars? This question is harmless if you're actually trying to learn a little bit more about the cigar culture. But if you're trying to lecture somebody on cigars, trust me, we know all the risks even more than you do. Number two, 
Can I have one of your premium cigars? If you're a true cigar smoker, we have no problems sharing a premium cigar with you. But if you're a novice, you're gonna get one of my budget cigars. One of the worst things that we hate to see as a cigar smoker is a premium cigar that costs you 10, 15 or more half smoked in the ashtray Amen, because a novice dog, cigar smoker. That's the fucking worst right there. I'll, I'll cuss <laughs> a motherfucker out of my house, dog. I'll, I'll give you a $30, $40 stick and I see half that bitch laying there, I'm going to cuss your fucking ass out. You got to smoke the whole thing. I don't give a damn, man. Uh, dog, I, I think your videos are informative as hell, dog. I was like, damn, I like that shit. That shit going to pop, man. I'm going to keep reposting them. Um, Appreciate that, man. What, uh, so listen, man, I want to ask you something on this new tip. We're old school. We played in the era where we 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 cried it together as homies. We bled together as homies. Yep. We, we toughened each other's skin. We told each other the truth, and we were like, fuck it. We may argue or even scrap, but at the end of the day, we had each other's back. Yeah. Um, what is your take on this transfer portal and this NIL shit, man, with the NCAA now? And, and there's rumors out there coming out today that, and this is in your neck of the woods where you're living at now, SMU has 20 players on the football team entering the transfer portal, and now they are going to actually sit out so they stay healthy for the portal. Not even <laughs> for a bowl game, for the portal. What is your take, yeah. dog? I, yeah. I don't know. So I don't agree with the sitting out for the portal. Man, I'm a, I'm a, I want to play every – I, I can I have a broken leg, and I want to be out there playing. So I don't agree with it. Whatever going to happen is going to happen. You can sit out and then your first game you can get hurt. Now, the transfer portal, man, I I think the the players should have the flexibility to go wherever the hell they want to go because when coaches do it, they can do it with no – they don't get penalized. They don't have to sit out a year. A coach does it, right? So a coach will bring in all the hopes of a player and tell them, promise them everything that they're going to do for them in the four years, and then boom, he leaves the next year. Right now, the, the argument is you don't choose a school for the coach, but the reality is you do. You do. Yeah. Right. You, you know, how many people are going to choose to go play nothing against Mississippi or anywhere? How many people are going to choose to go play there that, or other than going to USC or UCLA? And, you know, they go there because of the program and the coach. If they can leave, the players should have the ability to leave too. So let me ask you this, though. Sarah, me and Sarah get into this heated debate all the time. Here's my take. Now that I've been in the coaching world of things, after I played, I came over to be a coach. And I think that I agree with you. I think that I did a whole thing. I did 20 things. If I was the NCAA commissioner, what I would do. And one of the things is if a coach leaves, he doesn't get any transfers allowed. He doesn't allow to get any new transfers out the portal in his new school for a year. And he has to pay back what he got from that old school. Now, this is when he leaves. Like, let's just say Manny Diaz, he took the Miami job three years ago, and he had just taken the head job at Temple. And about basically right after signing day, at Temple, he got the Miami job and bounced. And all those kids are stuck there. And you, yeah. we know those kids went there because of him and his broken right. promises, right? Right, right. Now, here's my argument as the coach, though, on the coaching side. 
Because if we don't change it in society as, as, as the men looking down on these youngsters and teaching them something, I, I think it's just going to spiral out of control. Here's my, here's my take, and, and, and I'm playing devil's advocate. You can tell me I'm wrong. I say that we are enabling these kids by allowing them to transfer. I say that grown men and women should be able to take a job that pays them for their family more money and is a better gig because we have put in the time and long in the game. We've deserved the right to get, take a job. Somebody's yeah. leaving Walmart and going to take a job at Costco as a manager. We ain't going to stop them. We know that's a better move. I agree. So I, agree. I, I think the coach has deserved the right. The players have not because we're giving these kids the car keys to the Ferrari and they ain't even learned how to drive yet. And it's becoming, I see it in society now. These motherfucking kids are disrespectful. They're telling their mama and daddy what I will and won't eat now. Like, nah, mom, I ain't fucking with that. You got to buy me a steak. I'm like, what? I heard that shit in the store the other day. I'm like, what? I'll smack the shit out thing. your ass. See Go. this? Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Yeah. yeah. Old school. That's, That's old school. Me and KD grew up on switches. <laughs> yes, sir. But listen, man, I'll tell you this. I agree with you. They should be able to put their families in a better position and go whatever the heck they want to go. But this is the thing about the on the player side, right? I'm not stopping what the coaches can do. But if that's one of the scenarios where the coaches leave, sometimes you go to a school because of the connections the coaches have, because of how the development that the coach can can bring to you. And if that coach leaves, I want to be able to go to another coach that can give me the same that I was looking for from this program, right? So that's why I support them being able to leave because they're also, you go to a school thinking about your future, you know, though not everybody is going to go to the next level, but I want to get a chance to see if I can make it to the next level, right? So give me that opportunity to do so. Nah, I hear you. That was my argument. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Nah, you know, me and Sarah argued all the time. I, you know, I just came up, you know, me and you come up with the error like, dog, you, I'm not starting. I go home and tell my daddy, man, I, I ain't starting this year. You know, I, I'm a young cat. I was a sophomore. Aaron was a senior. Aaron Flowers, right? His daddy's a coach. I ain't, I ain't good enough. Even though I'm more talented, I'm not ready. Right, right, but I go right. home and tell my daddy, man, you know, I'm getting fucked or whatever. Motherfucker better suck it up and go beat him out. Like, there was no option to leave. Like, there was not even a thought to leave. Like, we weren't going to allow to leave. If I would have went home and said, Daddy, I want to go to Gar, motherfucker, please. He would have beat my ass, right? Yeah. Well, I, you can't I umbrella them. You can't umbrella the kids in the transfer portal was my argument. Because there are some kids who quit for the wrong reasons or who want yes. to transfer for the wrong reasons. But the majority... Of these kids, for example, Hendon Hooker at Tennessee, he played at Virginia Tech and he entered the transfer portal and now he's excelling and he has an opportunity to be a Heisman candidate. He wouldn't have had that opportunity, but he made a move for his future and to better his life. Those kids yeah. shouldn't be grouped into the category of bitches or, you know what I mean, whatever you want to call them. I feel like you're in college and when you go to college you make a decision for your future yep. because we're picking majors where you know what i mean you're yep. making those decisions it's the same thing because yep. some of these kids might not be doctors or scientists or whatever it is or architects because their craft is their athleticism yes i i so, agree i i agree 100 but see listen that 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 example you gave about you know you're not starting or whatever 
the kid that leaves for those reasons is probably not going to be successful anywhere he goes. Correct. Anywhere, right? not. So, right. so that's where the parent, you know, has to come in and advise them the right way. But sometimes the parent is the issue. Yes. Ninety percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And let me ask you this, Kay. Let me ask you this. Like, this is the thing I got though. This is the beef that I have with these kids that that bring up that have five hats at the podium, and they want to bring up these different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. It's all for tweets and relight and likes and retweets. Yeah. That's what these yeah. kids are about now. They now they're getting up there and putting on LSU, and they're ready to do it. And then they go. I'm just fucking with you and throw an Alabama hat. And I'm like, wait up, dog. You're, you're, you're disrespecting not only the team that you said no to, but the game itself. Like, yeah. because yeah. kids are being allowed to do it, not coach yeah. to not do it. Like, that's the problem. And that happens in the household. And we're seeing that at an all-time rate, dog. I'm just like, dog, we got so many motherfucking parents who don't turn over rocks, who don't look into – the coach at LSU, the coach at USC, the coach at the play. Like, they don't do any any research. And then when they want to, the kid comes home tomorrow and cries and says, Mommy, uh, I got cussed at. I, I, I'm leaving. I'm going to USC now. And then You're the right. mama, she's sitting there smoking weed, crack, or a cigarette You're for right. the most part, which is unfortunate, right, where we grew up. And there yep. she's like, all right, cool. She don't give a fuck. She don't even know what's happening. So You're that right. is happening at an all-time rate, especially in the inner city, especially with kids that I coach. And it's like, dog, we're not setting an example and teaching these cats at the high school level as coaches, at the college level as coaches, and now you're starting to see this shit spiral out of control, in my opinion. KD, if you transferred four times in four years, how many ideologies and philosophies you think you would have took from four different uh, headshots, like you would have went to Jim, from Jim Herrick, you would have went to fucking, uh, you know, let's say Roy Williams, and then you bounced right. and go, went to Mike Krzyzewski, and then you right. left, and you'd be like, fuck, dog, I, I heard four different things. Which one is what? And like, right. that's right. why you're seeing the worst tackling you've ever seen in football right now, the most injuries you've ever seen, because we got four different ideologies on how to tackle. So like... Yeah. That's why I'm a big against against the portal so much. Like I think you should be able to transfer one time, and that's it. Well, that, that that I like that too, though. If you put a limit to it, but you know, all those things you mentioned, it's starting from these, and, and you see it a lot in basketball. I don't know much about the youth and, and football, but you see it a lot in basketball with the AAU and these kids being jumping from this one to the other one because their parents see them. They're 10, 12. Their parents already see them as a multimillionaire, right? So they moving from this team to this other team, and they're putting priority into the AAU teams more than they're doing to their actual school's team. I can imagine that at the times when I was playing, prioritizing any other team outside of my high school team. No, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I, I agree, dog. I I don't know. Now, let me get your take. A close friend of ours, Ed O'Bannon, is the reason this the NIL is kind of in existence. Yeah. He sued the NCAA after EA Sports, after the game and all that. Yeah. And uh, even though that motherfucker probably got like $11.33 because <laughs> it got split up between a million people. Um, 
Let me ask you, what what is your take on NIL? You know, me, if me and you were around shit, we would have loved to be paid, right? We would have loved to be paid. Um, I'm all for it. I don't. Th- I'm not a big proponent on how they're getting paid because I think it limits on who gets paid because now we've created a sour locker room for the kids that are backups who cannot sell a jersey, who can't get a, a big deal. And, and, and I've done a lot of research on this because I want to help these kids. 90% of these NIL deals are $300 or less. Right. Um, only the big-name kids you're seeing are getting really this big bag, man. A lot of people think everyone's getting millions. Everyone's getting $300 or less. Uh, only a 3% of 5% of kids are getting the big millions in bags. Um, my take on this is just like <clears throat> I think everybody should get a big-time, you know, allotment for your scholarship that you got signed. Like, everyone should get a – and we break it down like the D2 model or like how how you were playing with NIA back in the day. Hey, man, you're a five-star dude, you get the big check. You're a four-star dude, you get a less check. If you're a three-star dude, you get a less check. But at least everybody gets paid, and now we're not looking at the coach sideways in the locker room because – I don't get a bag, and the starter gets a bag, and now we got a dysfunctional locker room, which I know for a fact is happening across college football. I don't know how it is in basketball, less players, obviously. But in football, I know from good friends of mine that are coaching, they're like, dude, it's so almost impossible to manage a locker room now with this NIL shit. And if you don't like it, you can chase greener pastures, jump in a portal, and bounce. <laughs> so, I like, have a question, though. Weren't, weren't, wasn't this happening, though, with boosters under the table before, even in college basketball? I mean, so I, I don't know. Why is there such an extreme? Is it because now the NIL has made it, like, uh, not a secret that me, there is right. in the locker room? I'm going to answer Sarah real quick, and I'm going to tell Kevin. He can, he can probably break it down even better than me. He was at UCLA. I got paid under the table by a booster. You right. think I, you think I told a motherfucking soul? Hell no. No. Nobody exactly. knew. But you know, right. don't you, No, I that's knew. what I'm saying, but nobody knew. People. So you don't have hurt feelings in the locker room because nobody knew. So you don't but nowadays everybody knows Bryce Young's getting 8 million dollars. So now you know and now there's dysfunction. Back okay. in the day, me and KD, we got that bag and we were like, shit, we hey, snitches get ditches. We ain't telling right. on nobody. Right. No, and, and you're right. You you don't that's something you typically don't share, right? Right. But I'm gonna tell you this. Uh that's an early lesson for these kids on you know getting paid your value or getting paid your worth at the time. You know, they're gonna have to deal with that when they go into corporate America or whatever that is. I don't say that is right or wrong, but it's it's a lesson that they something they're gonna have to deal with outside of sports regardless, right? Um, I think they should, if, if the school is making money solely off of my name, why can't mm. I benefit off of that? Exactly. You know, uh, the, like, you know, the, the jerseys, like the fat five back in the Michigan days. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think it was Weber that talked about this when he, they walked by the, the mall and they see their jerseys hanging and they're not getting a dime for that. No doubt. Everybody know he was number four at that time. Yeah. Right, Jalen Rose, number five. So if you see that hanging in there, the, nobody is buying it because they like the number four. They're buying it because they like Chris Weber as a basketball right. player. And now the argument is, where you get? Well, you're getting a scholarship. Yeah, but the ratio on how much you're getting compared to what you're bringing to the school, it's unbalanced, right? No doubt. So. So, I mean, yeah, maybe put something in place like you mentioned, 
like have different tiers. But how do you how do you know the argument would be, hey, uh, what what tier am I? What is it based off of? And is this ba- if it's based off of, they say in basketball, if it's based off of uh, points and all that, now you're going to see all this hot dogging, right? Mm-hmm. Players trying to, okay, I'm going for mine because I got to, next year I want to be a tier five or whatever, tier one or whatever that is. So there's going to be holes in everything. But overall, if they figure it out, I think they should get paid. No, I'm with you. I mean, me and Sarah agree to that too. I, I agree to that too. I just, yeah. the problem I have is just, you know, there's a lot of cats not getting the bag. And, and, and think about this, the dysfunction that's happening more than any of them, according to big name coaches that I talk to that I know friends of mine that recruited me forever my, for my kid. They're like, JB, this is the big problem. I got a kid who I fucking have, have, have really worked and built a relationship with to stay in my program for three years. And he's a fucking 3.0. He, he starts, he's a starting, let's say, left guard. And he's, he's possibly on track to go to the league. And he does everything. Dog, he's a leader. He's a captain. He hasn't, he's been here three years, so the NIL shit's kind of new, but before him getting here, so it's kind of in that gray area. But then we sign a freshman guard who ain't even ready to play yet, who ain't as good as him, and fucking T-Mobile gave him a million. Like, that is a huge issue right now. And, 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 and it, a lot of people don't realize that shit, but you're having incoming freshmen getting bags over cats that have been in your program three and four years. And you know who those three and four year players look at you, mm-hmm. the head coach. Yeah. And now you shady. Now you shady right. when you're really not, but now you're shady. And it's like, I ain't shady dog. I've been looking out for you for three years with, with what I could do. Now we've got right. this NIL shit and not everybody's equal dog. That's just how life is. Not everybody's fucking equal. Not everybody got to play Jordan one-on-one in a commercial. Okay. Like, how many guys did you have to beat out for that? You know what I'm saying? So, right, like, right. you know, right. that's just what it is, man. People people don't realize that. Um, so, you know, uh, man, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's unfortunate, man. But that's just reality of life. Like, as you know, KD, shit, you play with guys. A lot of guys were... A lot of guys were were, were, were were shitty teammates, shit birds, bad humans, but they were the player. They were the ballers. They yep. were the guys, and you had to play them. And the great guys, the leaders, the good teammates were 3.0 dudes that never fucked up, but they weren't good enough. No doubt. No doubt. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Um, I want to show this little video of KD, man, when he uh, – when he actually got to, uh, when you get to see him on some uh, Globetrotter tip. Um, That's a commercial. That was a commercial right there. Oh, this commercial? Yeah, it's a commercial. Oops, sorry. Um, Promoting the uh, the tour that year. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so that's what that that was the gear though, dog. That was the gear, and if you look at Metal Arc Lemon back in the day, it didn't look like that. So no, it did. You know what I'm no, saying? Um, nah, that's that's what's up. Um, now that's good shit. I, you know, man, it's always good, man, to see you, and we got to catch up soon, man. I know you're out in Texas, and I was actually thinking about uh, moving out that way too, man. I was like, shit, I was thinking Me about too. doing it too. Yeah, um, I never, hey, I never look back, man. I mean, I'm out here in Dallas. Uh, you know, your dollar can stretch a little bit longer, yes. right? Uh, I don't have to worry about some of the things I had to worry about in L.A. Uh, I can wear whatever color, JB. I can wear red, blue, whatever. I ain't got to worry about it, man. So ah. I, uh, I know a hey. few uh, 
Some, me, some I want to get your take on one last thing. We're from L.A. We grew up in this. We drug through the same. Uh, these rappers now, dog. These rappers going out here from not out of pocket, coming out of the area, coming into yeah, L.A., man. getting smoked after doing yeah. videos about I'm not going to get smoked, and they getting yeah. smoked. L.A.'s a different deal, man. We it don't is, really man. give a fuck about where you are, who you are, Biggie, Pac. Yeah. We don't give a fuck. We yeah. running them all down. Why yeah. is it at an all-time high? Because of social media? Well, social media helps, but I think it's people not really fully understanding what that culture is all about. <laughs> I don't care how many times people tell you. I know I heard Ice-T the other day say, you know what, I'm done. I'm done telling people what this is all about because it's just not not listening to me. But you got to – it don't matter where it is, though. It could be L.A., it could be Dallas, and the, you know, Oak Cliff out here in Dallas, wherever it is, you got to respect Your where you are. Yeah. You got to respect – their culture you got to respect what it's all about you got to inquire about it and make sure you don't you don't step out of pocket man because you're gonna get you're gonna get popped right and some places gonna be worse than others i hate to see it i hate to see it but what i I also hate is those ignoring that it exists even you know i know my way around la so even knowing that even though i'm not in that in that environment anymore part of that culture anymore i respect it you know, I'm not going to draw attention to myself. I'm just going to go out there and enjoy L.A. Right. right? So my, my advice to anybody is, is connect with somebody who's from there or knows about it and just follow through on what they tell you, man, and just respect the culture. You're not you're not bulletproof. Nah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Well said. Uh, like I said, yeah, anywhere I go, like me and you, we can go anywhere, though. Like we're chameleons. Mm-hmm. I can go because mm-hmm. real recognizes real. So I can go to Dallas, mm-hmm. Houston, L.A., New, New York, York, Chicago, recruit any hood, anyone. I've never had an issue ever. Um, but you still don't respect it, though. You know? Yeah, a lot of cats can't do that shit, man. And, it's, and you know, real recognize real, man. Kids recognize it. Uh, people call these kids... Dumb and slow, but they not stupid. I tell you right, right. now, they're fucking real. They'll see a fake coach in a heartbeat. They'll know you bullshitting them. Uh, right. And that's what was going on with this NIL and transfer portal thing. They see these fake coaches after they sell them a car during the recruiting process. And then yep. they get to the fucking campus and they walk right by the motherfucker. And they don't even act like they know him anymore. And, right, right. You know, that that was one thing about all those cats. You when you were at UCLA with Charles and and, and, and yep. all those cats and you had uh you had uh what was our boy Jim Levin? Lavin? Uh, yeah, Steve Lavin. Steve Lavin. Steve Lavin was known yeah. as a go-getter, a recruiter. He goes to St. John's, right. he gets a lot of big time kids, you know, and then yep. I think he got sick or something, but he uh he was a go-getter and recruiter, and he that was one thing I heard him speak about one day because, you know, he had Cameron Dollar, and he had uh, yep. he had Tyus Edney, who, who played at Poly against us and shit, yep. a little older. But we were talking, and, and I was like, he was like, man, I, I always wanted to make sure the cats got on campus. I hollered at him because I recruited them, and I didn't want to walk by them like so many other D1s do. That's yep. how I actually stole kids from other D1s because I'm like, Hey, dog, I'm going to holler at you regardless during the process, after the process, on campus. You get a girl pregnant. You get in trouble. Call me 2 or 3 or 4 in the morning. I'm going to do that. That's what what makes a recruiter an elite compared to a cat that's just bullshitting and selling a kid a car. We could all lie to kids and get over on them. But yeah, and eventually they're gonna recognize that too. Yeah, man. And what are you really getting out of that shit? Just to say you got the kid there? Like, what makes a recruiter KD is whoever got you to go from UCLA to Azusa and got you finished at Azusa. Mm-hmm. That right. is the guy that recruited you. That's the real guy. 
The, yeah. Jim Herrick failed you because he got you there, but he didn't finish you through. He didn't get right. you your diploma from UCLA. He didn't get mm-hmm. you that motherfucking degree that says UCLA on that motherfucker. Right, right, it's a big right. difference. That, no offense to Azusa, but we all know, mm-hmm. fuck, UCLA probably walk into a business and get a bigger gig than I do right. with Azusa. So, like, right, yeah. I used to tell coaches that all the time. Your number one job, you mm-hmm. signed the kid, but did you get him graduated and see him play on the yard? Did right, you see right, KD right. play on the hard court? Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the part of, that, that gets through. But, man, I appreciate you coming through, man. Real talk banter. We got to hook up, man. I'm man. sending you my cigars this week. Uh, you'll man, have them. I'm going to do a TikTok on them. I'm going to do an honest review. I, and, by the way, I don't do any reviews on cigars because they ain't paying me. No you doubt. No but doubt. I'm going to make an exception. I'm going to do yours because you're my boy. We go way back. Hey. And I'm going to share some with my peoples out here, too. Hell yeah, hell yeah. And then I, once I get them launched, I'll tell you where you can go, where you guys can get them and everything. Like, remember, this is the first one, so just so you know, no making it. You know how motherfuckers always, when they, when they, when they think their shit's going to be shitty, they be like, uh, man, just so you know, uh, this motherfucker first one, you know what I'm saying? I, the first right. one, though, is, is mild. It's mild because that is what this soft-ass cultural likes. So <laughs> I had to create a mild Cuban for everybody, and then we get into the Maduro. But the, but it's got a little pepper to it. It's got it's good. It's good. It's a smooth cigar, and uh, you could ask that bitch out this long. You know that's what it's all about. So no doubt. Hey, no I appreciate doubt. you, KD. Y'all. Stay up. Appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. Uh, I'll holler at you me. soon. All nice right, brother. Meet you. All right now. Peace. KD, Twix, my boy. Much love to him. Uh, appreciate him joining us, Sarah. Um, it was good seeing him. I haven't seen him in years. Uh, like I said, you go online, Google him up, watch him. Uh, he was the head of the Globetrotters for a long, long time. He was Meadowlark Lemon, and uh, he did a hell of a job for 12 years with the Globetrotters. Uh, I actually reached out to him when I was the head coach at Long Beach Cabrillo High School coaching, and uh I was going to have him come bring the Globetrotters to our gym and do a fundraiser, and that's what I was doing back in the day in high school that was different than anybody else. Because it's all who you know, Sarah. It ain't what you know. You know that. Um, but, you know, see what happens. Um, Sarah, I don't know if you knew uh, Archie Manning broke all of Peyton and Eli's high school records. I haven't watched him a lot. I, I want to get your take because he plays at like a small-ass high school and I've been watching him play against the talent he's playing against. Oh, yeah, one sec, one time, real quick. October 22nd, Greg Lloyd, I am doing a cigar launch signing from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. Um, and I'm going to be doing a book signing, a bottle signing, and the cigars are there for purchase. And we're going to be doing a whole release from 3 to 8. You can drink wine, smoke cigars eat cheese. They got a whole selection to choose from. You can also walk around and go to all the bars uh, whatever time you chose to come. High Times in Costa Mesa, California. High Times Wines and Spirits, October 22nd. Mark it down. I'll be promoting in here soon. And uh, we will be doing this Slapdick Cigar launch on October 22nd. So, uh, appreciate everybody that wants to join. I know Greg Lloyd's from Orange County. He lives out there. So, uh, I know he wanted to know. Um, Sarah, Arch Manning plays in this shitty division. I'm watching him just stiff-arm little-ass white kids, and I'm like, who the fuck is he playing? Um, I don't know who he's, he's playing. He's a Manning. He's a Manning. It runs deep in his veins. doesn't matter who he plays. Oh, God. Hush up. I would love to come see him out here in the hood in California get his motherfucking meat lump. <laughs> 
He would get his fucking too. meat lumped. I'm looking at him. If I, I wish he'd play modern day so they could fucking put him in the fucking morgue. Like, that's how bad his competition is. It is horrible. And I'm just like, why are you it's so horrible? It's about decision making, though. Huh? Isn't it about decision making and playing in the pocket? Hell yeah. But it also matters when you don't have no fucking giant rushing you. Um, let me ask you this. Who transfers first? Him or Quinn Ewers? <laughs> I don't think he'll transfer. He's going there for Sark, isn't he? Yeah, but yeah. Quinn Ewers went there for Sark, and he's going to start this year, and then next year what's going to happen? No, I think this is a little bit different because of the Manning heritage with Sark. Manning heritage don't have nothing with Sark. The man, wasn't he part of who trained, like who they played with or whatever? He was the 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 coordinator? No. Has no affiliation. No, with no, no, there's an affiliation there with Sark. Not at all. Sark's from no. L.A. There's no affiliation. They've known each other through meeting and greeting and obviously having him speak at certain events with Nick Saban because Peyton came to Alabama when Sark was the O.C. there. Um, right. Yeah, and that's but it, why. Yeah, but they're but not. They don't have any. Yeah, but they only. They just barely met each other. They don't know each other like that. No, I think they, no, I do. No. I. I mm. It would be shocking to me. Like I'm saying, what I'm saying is, no, that's Cutcliffe you're talking about, Peyton Manning and Cutcliffe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. Cutcliffe was Peyton's coach. My. So listen, here's this. Right, 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 right. Yeah, here's a rundown. So. My college coach, Jeff Liker, who's now the head coach at Coffeyville, who was at Coffeyville, he's been everywhere. He was Peyton's quarterback coach under Cutcliffe at Tennessee back in the day when Peyton was at Tennessee in the Leonard Little days and uh, when Pierce, uh, Peerless Price, when Tennessee had all those big-time NFL players. Uh, he was a grad assistant on, on those Tennessee teams um, under Phil Fulmer. And then Cutcliffe was the OC quarterback coach, and Liker was his basically, basically Liker coached Peyton and the QBs. So he was later my coach in college at Fort Hayes State, and now he's a junior college legend in Kansas. And uh, when I beat him on the show, you know, that you see it, me and him hugging after the game. But, you know, that was my coach and mentor. Um, he coached Peyton during that era. And then Cutcliffe is how I got, I got introduced right. to Cutcliffe. And Cutcliffe and Peyton, are, the Mannings are a family-long friend. So um, Sark, though, is on this side. That is a whole new meeting and greeting through um, just the SEC being at Alabama for, for a minute and, and having Peyton come speak. Saban got Peyton to speak to the team like he gets Stephen A. and all these different people to come speak. He had Peyton come speak. Sark and them met. You know, they just shot the shit and talked. And then uh, – probably built that relationship to where, okay, I know you got a, 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 a nephew coming up and we're going to, we're going to get with you. And then, and then he built his own relationship with the kid, uh, with Arch. So, um, but now nah, there's no, cause it's just, there was no affiliation in that regard, but, but you know, right. it's, it's a tightly knitted environment down there where you, you guys are at, you know that. Um, so I don't know. Um, Jalen Carter, Georgia defensive lineman, is going to miss two weeks with the MCL. Probably good for you guys. I don't know when you play Georgia. Um, three weeks? Uh, it goes LSU, Bama, Kentucky. Might be. 
Georgia? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but we're going to see. We're going to see what's up. I, I, I'm curious to see this Quinn Ewers, Arch Manning thing. Because I'm telling you, in this generation, they do not leave. Uh, they do not want to compete and stay. Two good quarterbacks aren't staying together anymore. You don't see it. Show me. Who leaves first, Nico or Arch? Nico got $8 million. He ain't leaving. Mm-hmm. Your guy's gonna leave. You know, you know what they already have in uh, Knoxville, huh? I said, you know what they already have in Knoxville. I was shopping for jerseys out there, and they already have a Nico figurine, like in the Tennessee uniform, like the whole figurine throwing the ball and everything. Yeah, I mean, it all is pretty. It's all good right now, Sarah. It's all good right now, but you know, I it's, I don't know if it's going to be good in, in, when they're both there sitting there competing, and they're like, "Well, we both can't have our hand on the football, so something's going to give. They're going to give it up. They're going to have to fuck. One of them's going to leave. I'm just telling you." So I hope that Nico comes in and he dominates because I do not want Joe Milton as our quarterback. Oh my god! I don't know. It'd be terrible. Um, real quick before Peter Groff joins us, I want to break down some things real fast. All right. Wisconsin interim head coach, Jim Leonard. Do you think he keeps the Wisconsin job or not? Hmm. No. Um, they've been one of the most consistent programs in America for the last fuck 15 years. I don't, uh, They've been they've been in the AT top 25 16 times including seven top 10 finishes since 98. That's like prestigious Alabama shit. And Paul Crispy and Fire to me was pretty much shocker. Um I'm very curious if he just didn't want to get with the program and go and sell his soul and get into this transfer portal business. Because that is, that is something that's real out there. So, um, Nebraska. He's led by an interim coach, Mickey Joseph. Since 2017, Nebraska has a record of 31-65 and 65 with zero bowl appearances, Sarah. Can Nebraska be successful not only in the Big Ten, but in this modern era of the transfer portal? They have a fan yeah, base and money. they hire you. They, huh? I said, yeah, if they hire you. Oh, man, you're sweet. You're a sweetheart. But you know they're not doing that shit. They're scared as a whore in church. Um, Arizona State, Sarah, out, coming out west, um, have not won an outright conference title in over 25 years. They've also only made back-to-back bowl games once since 1987. They go for the splash. They hire Herm Edwards. He gets fired after losing to Eastern Michigan. They bring in an interim coach. Um I know he won't keep the job. I don't know who is going to take that job. Um, they need to find a Lance Leopold. Yeah, it's just Tempe, Arizona. Uh, I believe Tucson and Tempe should be hotbeds. Like, there's good rec- there's good talent in Arizona. You can go right mm-hmm. over to Texas and get talent and poach from there. You can go to Vegas, and you can come to L.A. all within a two-hour flight. And I don't know how they're this bad. I just don't get it. Um, but the Pac-12 don't want to pay. So 
In your neck of the woods, Georgia Tech interim head coach Brent Key is off to a great start after beating Pat Narduzzi and the Pittsburgh Panthers to start uh, his stint off as the interim. Georgia Tech could have more talent in its backyard than any of these openings, which is arguably correct. Uh, I would argue Atlanta may have in their backyard the most talent. Um, them in Arizona State of the open jobs, obviously, as far as their what I like to call primary recruiting area. Okay, their primary recruiting area, Atlanta. Being right there, you got Colquitt County, Georgia. You got all those areas in Georgia that are super, super loaded uh, with talent. Right, but they're they're academic stipulations. You're right. Good point. Good point. I know. They're like Tulane. They're like Vanderbilt. They're like Cal. They're like Duke. They are just like those schools. Um, Very, very hard to get into. So we're going to see if they want to buy in. And uh, and put some money in this thing. And then the last one, we're going to wait for our guest to ask him because he has some Colorado ties. So we're going to break. Yeah. We're, we're going to, without further ado, we're going we're gonna to bring our main man in, Peter Groff. Shout out to Peter. Clap it up. Peter, I appreciate you joining us, brother. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me on. This Hello, is Sarah, Sarah Blake, our lovely co-host. Let me bring in... Uh, let me put your uh, deal on the ticker on the bottom here. Um, so you know this is his information. You guys follow him on the bottom. So, Peter, let our, let our audience know what you kind of do. Um, I know you're like a uh, strategist of some sort, right? So what, what do you actually do? Because I want to definitely send people your way. I appreciate that. Uh, well, currently, I'm, I'm doing two things. One, I'm uh, running a program, a master's program in public policy and administration at the University of Redland, so out near you, Coach. Yeah. Um, went to college there. Uh, but kind of the real job is I do political consulting, um, and then I blast my teams on Twitter. Those are the things that I actually <laughs> do. Hey, so you're, you're, are you a One Col- of those actually only really pays me, so that's an issue. Are you a Colorado? Na- I know you're from Virginia, right? Well, I live in Virginia. Um, I came out here in 2009 to work with the Obama administration. Uh, my wife is from New York. She said, that's a great idea. You know, I can spend some time around the family. See, I made the mistake of buying into that and thinking I was moving back. So I remain here in, in Virginia. Okay, uh, I got you. Now, in, what's in your Colorado ties? What's your Colorado ties? I grew up in Colorado. Um, I was the president of the Colorado Senate. I was in the Colorado legislature for about 10 years. Uh, but for the bulk of my life, I was in Colorado. Got you. So what what drew you to uh, someone like uh, me that is so political? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, what what drew you to someone like me, man, that's just like kind of out there? I, I appreciate it, by the way. Shout out to you. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, but go ahead. What, what drew you to me? Well, I watched the show. Um, and so I was like, you know, my son was like, first he told me you got to watch this show. And we had been watching, I think, the first couple seasons. Um, and then I missed the first show, the first episode that you were on. He was like, you got to see this guy. <laughs> um, and so then we, we just started watching it. I just appreciate the authenticity. Um, you know, a lot of folks would see the cameras kind of change who they are, trying to figure out how to use that as a next step. I think you went the other way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, you, you are who you are. And so I, you know, I appreciate that. And, and so I enjoyed, uh, enjoyed watching. 
Nah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So you got some Colorado ties. You grow up there. Uh, flipping from politics to athletics. Colorado, Carl Durrell, uh, you know, we lack black coaches across the landscape of America, as we know. NFL, college, uh, high school, uh, you name it. It's, it's, it's out there. What, what do you think? Mel Tucker, African-American brother, leaves Colorado, takes a bigger pay job at Michigan State. Now he's taking heat, losing three in a row at Michigan State. Yeah, um, which I love. Anytime Sparty goes down, I'm cheering. Uh, hey, shoot. Uh, Sarah's a Tennessee Vol fan, by the way, it. so don't hold it against her. Um, uh, Colorado, Colorado, uh, Carl Durrell gets let go. I think it's kind of unjust. I, I have a guy on the show every 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 Wednesday, Matt McChesney, who played there. Absolutely. And and he know he's like, you know, you, you got to fire him because of X, Y, Z. I'm like, you know, he took a job on a kind of a Band-Aid on a bullet wound, in my opinion. And they have a lot of issues. They don't want to pay, number one. They're not going to pay the kid in the NIL. The Pac-12 is, in general is not going to go that route. What does Colorado do? My best friend in the world is there, Darian Hagan, legend there, won a, won a national championship there as a quarterback. What does Colorado do? And they just named an interim head coach, uh, Mike Sanford. What does Colorado do and where do they go? And in that beautiful town of Boulder and that beautiful stadium, how can you not lure kids there? You've got to, for Colorado, they got to figure out what they're going to do. Are they going to be a top flight program like they used to under Hagen and BNME? And I know a lot of those guys and a lot of the, those members of that team that won the national championship one year, played for it another year. Just a good, solid program. And coach, you've been there. You've either sent kids there, went with them on recruiting trips. You know, at the, the foot of the flat irons on a Saturday evening with the sun setting over the mountains, an actual live-ass buffalo that runs out on the field. Oh, man. How you can't recruit there is an issue. So I think the, the university, and I know the president, um, and I, he's either got to figure out, do we actually want to compete or do we want to have a program that is just kind of general every now and then you may get lucky? with some guys. Um, but I think in the current landscape, you're going to have to pay to play. Um, so you're going to have to pay these coaches. You're going to have to pay the players. And there's enough money um, in the Denver Metro Boulder area where you could put together some nice NIL deals for these kids. They're going to have to do that or they're going to have to say, we're not going to be a very good program and maybe even drop a level because that's the only way you're going to compete. Now, I got two starters there, uh, Jamar and, and, and obviously uh, Chance Maine, who was a, was a figurehead on Last Chance You. He's actually there, too, starting at DN. Um, so, you know, now all of a sudden they tweet out some things and everyone's put on some things on Instagram. And, you know, every time a job comes open, I'm the new head coach. So I'm the new head coach at Nebraska, Arizona State, Colorado, Wisconsin. Every year I'm the new head coach. So it's funny, right? Um, let me ask you this. Eric Bieniemy is a name that's always going to be brought up because of his history there as a player, yeah. as a as a going to the, he went to the NFL. He's a known name now, Kansas City Chief, Patrick Mahomes. Now he's known for arguing with Mahomes, and everyone's going to look up his past, and everyone's going to say, "Oh, he did something in college," and all this crap. So, if you hire Eric Bieniemy. You are definitely stepping out of your comfort zone as a conservative-based administration because I don't think they want the rah-rah yeller. That's why I think they hired a Carl Durrell. 
Do you have to get out of your comfort zone and be comfortable being uncomfortable to win in this new landscape, in your opinion? I think you do. But, I, you know, Eric is probably not the right person only because of what went on or allegedly what went on when he was there. I don't think you can get that past the, the board of regents who probably ultimately have to sign off on it. Um, and I think he could have had the job potentially, maybe not have the job, but certainly interviewed for the job and been one of the, the final contenders. He hasn't done that ever, right? I think he wants to stay in the NFL. But to your point, yeah, I think they have to figure out what type of, of coach they want, and it can't be the same type of guy that they've gotten before. Um, I don't know who that is. I don't know if it's an NFL assistant. I don't know if you need to um, – try and figure out if you can get, you know, a North Dakota state coach or somebody else. But I think, again, they've got to figure out, they've got to match the coach to the program that they want to be. Um, And, you know, I think there's enough talent out there where if you say, we want to try and compete at whatever conference we're going to be in, um, we've got to go figure out who that coach is and bring them in. Nah, no doubt. Because they're hitting, they're missing right now with the big hires. I mean, Jimbo Fisher's getting $9 million. They're not very good at A&M. Even though nope. the, the $30 million booster payout isn't there yet on campus. I want to make sure people understand that. Um, they're actually not in this. They're in the next class. So I want to make sure right. people understand. But he hasn't really done anything at A&M. And this is A&M. A&M should be somewhat of a powerhouse. I don't care. They have oil money there. We know. Big money. And... Um, speaking of where you are though, Virginia, um, you know, good friend of mine was the head coach. He was let go after a few years, Bronco Mundahl. He did, he, he brought a lot of Polynesians from BYU over there. They, they tried to change some culture and I know don't think it adapted very well. What is the, what is the heartbeat of the landscape right now in Virginia? And, and, and how is it right now in Cavalier country? How are they doing? Because I know they're in a conference that has Clemson and has Florida state and has these schools in it. Uh, you got a team like Syracuse that plays in the Carrier Dome, which is really outdated, and then you got Virginia, which plays in a beautiful spot. Uh, how are they not winning? That's a good question. I, you know, I think around th- this area, you're going to have more interest in college basketball necessarily than football, even though there's some really good high school teams, um, particularly in the area where I am and in this um, general kind of DMV area, as they call it. Uh, But so much attention is given to um, the Washington NFL team Uh. and basketball. Um, And so periodically, you know, Virginia Tech is pretty good. Periodically, Virginia is pretty good. But it's I don't think it's the attention that you need to kind of sustain a program. Um, I just don't think is here in this this area. Yeah, because yeah, I used to recruit Newport News, uh, the home of Michael Vick, Allen Iverson. Yeah. I know there's a lot of talent in the area. I used to recruit Richmond. Richmond, Virginia is very talent-rich. Um, you know, the D.C. area, I love those kids in that area, the DMV, Baltimore, all those areas. I, I know it's super talented. Um, two of USC's best receivers are from Baltimore, DMV area right now. Um, they, they, There's talent there, obviously, but is it – I believe it – Basically, yeah, Chase, Chase Young went there. I think yeah. a lot of them um, actually um, go to Vatek or get out of town, right? I mean, Virginia is just kind of an afterthought. 
It is. And I, I mean, you know, Virginia Tech under, and I forget the coach's name, was it Beamer who was there? At, yes. Right now, Beamer yeah. Ball. So he brought a lot of attention to that football side of it and was able to get some really good teams there. Virginia, on the other hand, which is kind of the flagship school um, in the state or the Commonwealth or whatever they call this place, um, they have, they periodically, again, they stumble on a couple of guys. And, um, you know, DeMatha, somebody mentioned DeMatha is right up the road. And well, how you can't get those kids. But now a lot of kids just want to go. Um, yeah. Penn State recruits really heavily here. Um, Alabama recruits very heavily here. When my son was a senior, um, Nick Saban was at um, the school right down the street trying to get a couple guys. So it, it's hard to keep those kids in state when those type of schools are coming after you. No, it is. It is. I mean, Sarah's from this, you know, the, she's in Florida, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, she just went through the hurricane, um, and, and she's a Tennessee Vol fan. So, you know, Virginia Tech right now uh, just saw he's a 14-and-a-half-point dog at Pitt, who Pitt just lost to Georgia Tech with an interim head coach. So, like, very interesting landscape. Um, and, and to be honest, I used to recruit D.C. for one reason. They were a district, not a state. So a lot of people don't realize that. I used to be able to get them as in-state students because of that little – hustle Uh, a lot of people did not know that so i was ahead of the curve and everyone started figuring out how did you get all these in-state how did you get these dc kids as in-state at compton college i'm like don't worry about nothing don't ask me no question i'll tell you no (laughs) lie um but but having said that like why is it so difficult academically to graduate and excel you being in the world you're in um, DC is one of the harshest communities to walk around. It's a lot of, a uh, lot of, lot of, uh, you know, uh, sad situations there, right? It's kind of like downtown LA. We have lo- so many homeless education is very, very bad. Um, my buddy's actually the, the, uh, the superintendent of the Washington DC school district. He's a former coach, a good friend of mine. And, He's like, JV, the academics is not really cared for by the surrounding community members or even the political figures, so to speak. Is that a real thing? Like, are we are we so caught up in other things we can't focus on the academics with these kids in the inner city? The short answer is yes. Um, you know, the, the problem for um, you when you come into um, a situation, if you're a Division One coach, if they can't hit the the academic number, you've got a problem. So thankfully, you've got programs like you like you, and you guys used to run and get kids, try and get them academically ready. The issue is a lot of kids come to high school not able to read um, on grade level. They've got math issues. There's a lot of academic issues. So they can't fix those in three or four years. So you've got kids who have Division One talent but can't get into some of those schools. That's Colorado's issue. Right. They claim that if we're going to get out of state kids, they're going to have to hit this GPA or this test number. And we can't get kids there in three or four years or maybe even two years, because by the time a kid figures out, hey, I've got some talent, they're going into their junior year and the grades aren't there. Um, So, I mean, we have to go back and fix how we educate our kids across the country. And I think just kind of redo public education. I worked a lot on charter school legislation. Uh, When I was in the Colorado legislature, did a lot of that stuff for the Obama administration and now help 
um, target some charter school networks across the country because they they're able to work outside of a traditional school system. Right. And I think that helps um, get kids ready and get caught up because they can go longer during the year. They can go longer during the week and really okay. uh, highlight some of those those failures. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to ask this question on behalf of Sarah. Are the gas prices going to drop? behalf of me <laughs> well, I, I don't know that I, i'm gonna say yes eventually no they're I'm, never gonna go back to where they were but they'll drop they fluctuate all the time so it, now, never, i don't know I about get anyone Florida, on like you, you guys that has, have you some know, other issues there so no no doubt i never get anyone on that that's kind of got the the heartbeat of uh the politic uh land here so i, I i'm out of my realm but but like uh where are we go? Are we good? Are we good? Uh, are we gonna hit a a, a a a big time recession or what's going on? Can I sell my house or what the hell's going on here? Uh, you better sell your house really quickly. Right, that's what I'm hearing, man. I, really I'm like, quickly. shoot, I need to get now out. That the the rising interest rates may help hold off that recession, but if you're looking to sell and move to Colorado, I heard that was one of your spots. <laughs> No. Every every time you mention it, everybody on the chat comes up with their own state, and then you blast them right away. I'm not going. <laughs> They're trash. I used to recruit that place. So we, we've got to find a spot. And I don't know about Florida, but I don't know if you've you thought about that. Maybe the storm will turn you away. Yeah, I'm not a Florida guy. I'm just I I, I like sunny blue sky. You know the thing about it is, Darren. Sarah, I don't, I, not, I know, no offense, Sarah, no offense, Sarah, no offense, but if I walk out to my, my outside to get my mail and there's a shark or a gator in my street swimming, I don't want to live there. Sorry. I just can't do it. Never. I can't well, do it. Okay. So I, Sarah, I did see that. I did see <laughs> sharks on the highway. Wasn't that incredible? Yeah, that was crazy. I, I can't do it. It's just unbelievable to me. Um, I love California, though, so I, I understand that. Yeah, and I, you know what? Darian Hagen, we always are together. We, we hang out. We always mess around, and, and Darian's like, I, I love hearing his pitches. He takes me with him on recruiting visits and stuff, um, and, and I go with him messing around, and I'm like, he's like, man, there's more sunny days in Colorado than California. I'm from L.A. I love it when I hear this pitch. And I look at him like, oh, shut the hell up. No, it ain't. It looks like it's snowing right now in Boulder. So I'm like, yeah, shut the, the hell up. Hours later, the sun's going to be out, though. I know. It's like Hawaii. It rains for 18 seconds, and then it's sunny again. <laughs> but it's humid, right? It's humid. So uh, I don't know. Um Man, it's been great, man. I appreciate you, man. I, I, I love what you do. I, I love what you stand for. I appreciate uh, coming on the show with me and Sarah, man, talking some ball and, and talking real life. And uh, like I said, man, this is uh, – I, I saw you in the chat the other day, man. And uh, who, was, who was on? Marcellus? Or who did I have on when you were on? Uh, I saw you in the chat, and I was like, damn, Peter's on. It might have been uh, Matt. Oh, what is it? yeah. Something about the the Broncos or the bus, maybe. And but I, I listen to you just about every day, um, oh. both morning and afternoon. So oh, man. I appreciate I, what you're you're doing. I and again, I love the the authenticity. And um, Sarah's come in and kind of classed up the joint a little bit for you. Hey, um, hey Peter, so I was gonna thing. say it, but I, I really appreciate you saying two dollars or whatever. 
Hey, I was going to say, I think I've toned my, Sarah's toned me down, and I was going to say it, but I'm glad you said it. An educated brother gets to say that, it clears me. It clears me. <laughs> hey, man, I appreciate you, brother. I really do. If you ever need anything, let me know, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. Love being on. Thanks, See you Peter. all later. Appreciate it. All right. Um, man, the, the great Peter Groff. If, if, you're not following, if you're not following him, make sure you go on over on Twitter, follow him. Um, he's a good dude, man. Um, great dude. Um, KU, K, KU is in the house, Sarah. Game day is in Lawrence. How do you feel about it? How do you feel? It ain't in Knoxville. What's up? So what? Ah, That's you're a hater. You is something. Jayhawk, go KU. Oh, that's so lazy. I want to see. Get up with some pom-poms. Get the hell going. Give me some fucking blue, white, and red. Let's see some shit. I got all the Kansas stuff. I've got a Kansas basketball jersey. I've got Wait up, wait up, wait up, wait up. Put your hand up. Are that KU colors? No, it's orange and smoky gray. It looks like Lawrence, Kansas colors to me. Shit. I don't know, Sarah. You know, she flipped me off. It's all right. Sarah's going to get that KU bikini cracking. We're going to send it to her. I'm going to get this KU. When we, when they win seven games, I'm having a KU bikini made, and she does not have to pay me our $100 bet. She's going to have to wear the KU bikini. That's going to be the new bet. Ah! Why does everybody think I hate KU? I don't think you hate I'm KU. I, I don't Kansas. think I don't think I don't think you hate KU. I, I know you don't hate them, but but I just am, we have a bet, so I got to talk I'm shit. Hard on them right now, huh? I said I'm just being hard on them right now. Hey. It's fun. <laughs> I know because you you don't want them to be have a better record at the end of the year than 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 Tennessee, but they are going to have a better record. Um, I mean, I hope they do. No, you don't. You're saying that so you, they don't. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, all right. So, um, Steve, do we have the college transfer situation? Um, do we have any of those? Um, I don't know, Sarah, if you heard what's going on. We have a situation, Houston. Um, SMU has 20 players. We talked to Kevin Daly on our, our first guest about it a little bit. He came. They've came out and said, we're not going to play. We're going to enter the portal and not play the rest of the year for the simple fact that we're going to stay healthy in the portal. Yeah, I've heard it all, Sarah, and Mm-hmm. Please defend these motherfuckers so I can cuss you out. Go ahead. I don't. I don't know if I can defend them though, because I don't know what their reasonings are or what the deal is. But I think that's pretty shitty. Just like these people transferring and and they don't want to play in the bowl game because they want to remain healthy for their next team or whatever. The, that's the problem. Unless it's a, a situation where you can defend it. I don't know if I can. I can't defend it yet. I mean, I can never defend it. It's twenty motherfuckers, Sarah. You're telling me that twenty motherfuckers got fucked over. They got yelled at. Like, come on, we we gotta but cut this off at some. Why point. are they transferring? Like, what what's the deal? Because they're gonna enter the portal. They're all 
they're all unhappy at SMU, and they're going to enter the portal, and then they're going to stay healthy, according to what I read, so they can't, they don't get hurt. And I'm just like, dude, this is the biggest. why? This is the biggest crock of shit, huh? But why? Just because. They're unhappy. Like- they're fucking unhappy. They don't want to play there no more because they're fucking sorry. Here it is. So multiple SMU. Let me see. Look at them shoes. (laughs) Multiple SMU players plan to sit out the rest of the season, enter the transfer portal. Now, I don't know if we can scroll that down or not, but (sighs) there's basically, right here it is right here. Basically, uh, you know, the other players basically have said, you know, we don't want to stay here, but we don't want to risk injury. We don't want to risk anything. So we're going to fucking just leave. and, And I'm just like, dude. Like, you know what I think in this situation, they should be allowed to fucking bring in kids who want to play and who will play regardless of all the bull crap that's going on and will put their heart on the line. And I bet you a hundred bucks they would win for that fucking school. You know what I mean? There's kids. I like that idea, Sarah. I like that idea. I, I actually like that idea, but you know, that's my thing. So like. If a kid, if a coach, if a coach leaves, my whole proposal was they don't get to have transfers the next year at their new school. So it's a very similar situation, but you flip the coin on them. Like, but what kids will come in there and risk eligibility out of the portal? See, that's the problem. That's not going to happen, in my opinion. I know. That's why it's got to be kids at the university or kids who can play. You know, there's kids that are out there who can play who didn't get the opportunity to play. Maybe they chose a different path. Yeah, I, you know. Bring in the basketball team. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, you know, that ain't going to happen. There ain't no LeBron's running around no. talking about that he wants to play tight end in Ohio State anymore. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. It's fucking interesting to say the least. I, I, I It sickens me. The whole bowl thing's... Sitting out the bowl game to me, that's a whole conversation we're going to have later on this year, I'm sure, when we see it. Um, you know, that's a, that's a whole issue to me. I just think that is the fucking epitome of shitting on your brothers and sisters and teammates and whoever the fuck else. Um, I think it's just, you just, you're cowardice. I, 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 that's what I think, but... Um, I know there's people, oh, they need to save themselves, coach. They got a bag to make. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Then don't commit to playing with a bunch of fucking people. Like, that's just what it is. There's just no more, there's no more integrity at all. There's no more integrity, Sarah. I don't care. You can argue me all you want about it. I don't think there's integrity with any of these kids anymore. Like, it's funny. I get... DM voicemails messages, I guess, because I have to accept them, so I don't even accept them because they they got they go into my shit thing, and there are these young punk kids on there just talking shit. What the fuck <laughs> you know? Like, what do you know, coach? You don't know shit, motherfucker. You, I'm like, dog, you little disrespectful bitch boy. If I saw you in person, I would fuck your mom and beat your ass. Oh my god, Jamie. Yeah, it's like, dog, you don't have no fucking idea who you're talking to. But that's the thing. Twitter has allowed it. Instagram has allowed it. And I probably did fuck his mom. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Since the transfers, Sarah, have been the new norm, 
and recruiting the portal is a big thing these days. Ask, ask, ask Lincoln Riley at SC. Ask uh, my boy at Oregon. Ask these guys that are taking these portal kids and flipping their programs. Um, people say that Dabo Sweeney would either retire or get left behind because he don't accept transfers and then go to, to go to top it all off. He lost Brent Venables. Um, let's examine this. Last season, the Trevor Lawrence era ended. The Clemson uh, era started with my boy, DJ. Uh, they finished third in their division and were not satisfied with the result. They had a really good defense and opened up last season with a 10-3 loss to Georgia. I remember that game. They just couldn't get the offense going. They brought in a new quarterback, Cade Klubinick or whatever, from Texas. I think Westlake. He's pretty fucking good, by the way. He played in the first game. Um, who many predicted would beat DJ out midway through the year. Now DJ looks like he's leading the country on third down. He's starting to look a lot more comfortable. He's making more plays. Uh, Clemson's undefeated. And you know as I know, Sarah, winning solves all problems. All problems. So, um, what's their record this year? Five and zero. Oh. Clemson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's he gonna do when? Uh, well, I guess if you're not gonna utilize the transfer portal, I don't know. I don't know. But I think you need to utilize the transfer portal. I think it can be a good thing. Everybody else is utilizing it, so you utilize it. But if you're not going to, then I guess these kids that are going to come play, you're either, it's going to go one of two ways, right? It's either going to be incredible, you're going to win every season, and you're going to recruit a team just like Nick Saban, as far as like, well, he, I mean, he utilizes the transfer portal, but the culture that he creates. Or you're going to freaking suck, and you're going to create a culture with all of these kids that come there saying, fuck this coach, I don't want to play for him, you know? And you're going to have a lot of kids leave. Now nah, you are. Let, let, let's get into something else. I want to dive into a little uh, in this other deal here. Hold um, on. I got to say something real quick, too, because I just saw it. It's breaking news. Giselle and Tom Brady have gotten divorce lawyers, right? Um, I heard that. So tell me okay. what's going on. Zach Wilson just tweeted, don't worry, Giselle. I got you. Shut up. Yep. Shut the fuck up. Swear. Zach Wilson for the Jets? Uh, yeah, the I'm going to bang your mom one. No way. Mm-hmm. Is that real? It's real. Is he a fucking idiot? See, that's right there, Sarah. That is the blatant disrespect of this generation, in my opinion. Like, you have no respect for your elder and legendary quarterback in your division. Well, it used to be um, Tom Brady. Like, I don't understand. Like, it, it blows my mind. Uh, and then all the young people will think he's, he's the shit for saying it. I think you should be slapped the fuck out of. See what I'm saying? Like, you're disrespecting. Yeah, but Tom Brady is not going to do anything about it. I know That's he's not. Problem. I know he's not. That's my point. Okay. Tom Brady is the goat, right? Okay, but Tom Brady's a weenie. I know. I heard that. I heard. I just got a message that Zach deleted that, though. Oh, you can't delete anything after you say it. So he said it. It's there. And I hope. I, I want to see Tom Brady hit a motherfucker. 
Like, come on, don't be this like that. That's for me. When you say like BMK, I have a type that's a BMK and it's that guy that's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm so cool. I go to the local bar and I drink my beer and I coach for rec football. And, you know, I used to play when I was uh, in college, but I played, you know, whatever. And then, and, and then he treats his wife like shit and he's like, oh yeah, I, I, I go to the strip club and I'm so cool. And so I talk to these young everyone's people. saying it's fake news. Everyone's saying it's fake. It's Photoshop, oh. all this shit. So I don't know. <laughs> Huh? It's verified. I know, but they're saying that it's fake. They photoshopped it. That's how can you photoshop that? Oh shit. Shit. Mac does Photoshop every day for me. Right. He have you seen have you seen have you seen my um A B picture? You know that the New York Post reposted this. Yeah, they probably got caught by whatever that shit, ball sack or whatever, those fucks that try to fuck with me all the time. Um, you know, hey, I, they photoshopped me. I had a 12-inch dick. It was around. Oh, my God. Um, so, um, all right, let's dive in. I don't care if thou Zach Wilson. I think uh, everyone thinks Sarah got fooled. All right. Oh, well. Oh, whatever. I know. Fuck it. I don't care. I get fooled by ball sack or whatever. Fuck them. I don't care. Why? Let me ask you this, Sarah. People that make this fake shit, they really think that, like. I think it's funny. I, like, I know, if, but I'm saying, though, like, what's going on? Why would you make fake shit? And then when if I see it and you make it a real thing, right? What like Brian Martinez, Sarah got sacked. Like, like this is what I don't get. Like, you guys really make fake shit and think that is the cool thing. Like to me, I'm like, no, I would I don't fuck. Think that's cool, but I think it's funny. Like, like I said, I would love for this. Like you said, oh, you, you don't want to see him say that. It's disrespectful. Fuck, I want to see somebody say that because I want to see Tom Brady get riled up. Sarah, A B posted Giselle with him hugged up talking shit. Now that's that's disrespectful. Well, if that don't get you fired up, then do you think Zach Wilson tweet is? Fuck no. Tom Brady yeah. don't give a fuck. He's staying out this way. I want to see Tom Brady hit somebody. Oh, fuck. Are you kidding me? He has too much to lose, and I'm not mad at him. I, I, Giselle would come back if he got a little tough. I would try to stay out the way, too. But So are they really divorcing? Is that fake, too? Yeah, there's divorce lawyers. Is that real or is this Zach Wilson fake? No. Oh, my God. Everybody look and verify this. <laughs> reported it. It could be fake. Who knows? Jeez. And, and that's the other thing. Half the shit that's in the media is fake anyways. <laughs> like, what do you really think? It's not just these parody accounts. It's even, like, stories that we see in the media, like the New York Post and all that stuff. Like, Come on. Yeah, I mean. I know only fangirls who have ruined it for, like, that's how I feel. My story came out, and that's real fucking shit. Like, I had to verify that stuff, and I had to go through sending in documents for things. But yet we have people that are making up fake stories that are ruining it for the really good stories that should be told. I hear you. I hear you. Because you don't want to hear a good story. You want to hear fucked up shit. Yeah. I hear you. I mean, fuck, we do it to our own people every day. So, I mean, fuck, we've been lying to each other. Our fucking hierarchy or whatever we want to call them has been lying. Um, 
I would have loved to have the Slapdick podcast back for 20 minutes with Peter Groff on. I would have asked him about fucking a million things political, but I'm not going to dive into that now. Um, let me get to some questions, all right? There are 14 <laughs> Power 5 schools that are still undefeated. The SEC has four, the Big 10 has three, the Big 12 has three, the ACC has two, and the Pac-12 have two, all right? I'm going to break down these teams, um, Sarah, and I want to I want you to give me the most ideal situation towards the end of the season. Who can stay undefeated? Who can just get in with one loss into the final four? But I'm gonna break down these games or these teams real quick. Syracuse finally cracked the top twenty five. They're number twenty two, five and zero. Oh. Um, they barely beat Virginia and Purdue by a combined five points. Simple question, Sarah. I'm going to ask you one thing or another. You just give me whatever I ask you. Contender or pretender, Syracuse? Yeah, but that's not fair. I don't know what their schedule is. It don't matter. They're 5-0. and oh. It's week six. I don't know who they're playing, though. They're in the ACC. They got to play Clemson, Miami, Florida State. Mm, maybe still, not Clemson. They still have those teams to play. They still have to play those teams. Huh? I said they might not beat Clemson. I know, but are they pretenders or or contender right now at five and zero? But what is it? Time out. What makes them a pretender or a contender? Whatever. I don't know. They they they're five and zero. Are they good or not? Okay. Is Tennessee a contender or a pretender? I think that Tennessee has I, my pre. Season prediction was that they would go ten and two. Okay, so you think they're a contender? For yeah, but I mean they would go ten and two. Okay, so you think they're a contender or a pretender right now after I watching? Think they're a legit team. They're real. Yeah, so, they're the right. real team. So that's all I need you to tell me about Syracuse. Five and oh, number twenty two in the country. Huh? But I said they're the real deal. Is KU the real deal or are they content? Like, that's the same thing that you're saying about KU. You We're going mean? to get there. We're going to get there. You got to answer the question about the first fucking team for <laughs> Syracuse, 5-0. and oh. I know, but it's hard. Like, I have to know their schedule. Oh, my God. All right. Yeah, then pull contentious. up their schedule. All right. UCLA. They've flown under the radar. They beat Washington, who was ranked. They have to beat Utah this week, and they still have to play USC. Are they a pretender or a contender? Pretender. Really? Chip Kelly, huh? Yeah. I don't like him. I, I, I mean, we don't get along either. Um, <laughs> by the way, the Los Angeles Rams are blowing up my phone right now, breaking news. I have no idea why. Um, they, they've called three times. I did not know who the number was, and now I'm getting text messaged. Hey, coach, this is blank, blank, blank with the L.A. Rams. Please give me a call. All right. I have no idea what that means. You might have heard breaking news first. I might be the new head coach of fucking L.A. Rams tomorrow. All right. Um, number 19, Kansas University. I think they're the real deal. They, they got number 17 TCU this week. 4-0 TCU. Um Kansas resume boost if they can win this game puts them at six and zero, which we know they'll win one more game and and, and I'll win our bet. Um, they have to win this game. If they do not win this game, then I do think that they're a pretender. Well, if they beat this game, if they win this game, by the way, 
Right. Whoever wins this game is going to win the Big 12 is how I feel. Woo. Hey, that's a big fucking jump from going to shit to the sugar real quick with Lance Leipold. Lance Leipold might be the hottest name in the fucking country if they go undefeated and win the Big 12. They'll be in a fucking Final Four, won't they? I mean, maybe. If KU goes undefeated, they're going to be in the fucking tournament. Right. Well, it would be great. But that again. would be a hell of a story. Well, that would be a hell of a story. Um, TCU also undefeated in that same conference. They're ranked 17th. Okay. They are a real freaking deal, man. They ran all over everybody. Um, you said what? I said they're the real deal for sure. They're fast. I know Zach and Matt brought it up yesterday. They got a lot, they got like six guys run sub twenty mile an hour forties. Uh, uh, I mean twenty mile an hour caught on uh, on on data stat or whatever it's called. Um, TCU, by the way, is a minus seven and a half favorite against KU. I'm taking KU all day. I'm taking KU to win, and I'm taking KU to cover. But I'm going to take them to win. I'm just saying. I think they cover. Um, I think that Lance is going to do a hell of a job coaching them. And I think they're going to have a a six and zero start, which is going to be shocking. Uh, Penn State moving on over Penn State. James Franklin eighth season at BYU has a bye week, uh, and then they have to play number four Michigan, um, and then they have Ohio State. Can they beat either of those teams? Um, their only real team they beat on the global scale is Auburn, who is not very good. Uh, any other year, Auburn uh, Auburn win would be huge for Penn State, right? Now, it's not. Is Penn State a contender or a pretender? A pretender. Really? Yeah, I don't like Penn State. I, I, I agree with Zach yesterday on the show. He said that the Penn State just don't have a quarterback that's going to be any good. He's been there eight years. Um, he's. I, I agree with him. I don't know if they can win the big one. You know what I mean? I don't know if they can win the big one. Um. Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, in his third season at Ole Miss, has found a way to beat a very good Kentucky team, and the only test of the season so far, is Lane a contender with the big boys of the SEC, or is he pretending? Lane has a brutal stretch coming up. Vandy in a home game versus Auburn. LSU, A&M, Alabama, Arkansas, ends with Mississippi State. Are they a pretender or a contender? A pretender, but did you hear the rumor, too? I saw a couple of the beat writers from LSU tweet today that this was uh, that sources are saying this will be his last year at Ole Miss. Yeah, I mean, we we I kind of brought it up last week. So uh, Jay, you should listen to the show when I talk, motherfucker. I said not yet. I said we're going to continue to go for another week or so. So become a member today if you're not one. By the way, if you guys know anything about Discord, okay. Um, I don't know anything about it, but we are starting a discord. Okay. I want to make sure you understand it. Um, we are going to start one soon. It's being built and we're going to have a discord as a, another option as in the membership tier of things. Okay. So you guys can all be in the same deal and it's going to cut out a lot of these trolls and haters. So we're going to start a discord up soon. Um, I thought I had it in the fucking ticker, but I don't see it because, fuck, I don't know what I'm doing. So, the Discord uh, is right there on the ticker. My main man, Max, saved me. Uh, If you're not a member, you were not invited. Become a member today for access to the Discord. That is going to be coming soon. So, just stay tuned uh, for announcements 
Appreciate everybody that's still a member, all you OG cats that have been here. Smash the like button for me. Uh, appreciate you. Um, I don't know, man. I, I like Lane Kiffin. I like I'm, a, I'm me and Lane are close, so I, I like Ole Miss and where they're headed. Their defense is surprisingly better than I thought. Um, mm-hmm. So that is what I kind of like. Eh, you know, we're, here's the deal: they striped their stadium. And it looked like shit. Nobody can copy our checkers, even though Kentucky tries to copy our checkers. But whatever. When we checker the stadium, it has to be spot on. If you're going to do something like that, and it is not freaking legit, then you look like a freaking idiot. It makes you look bad. Don't copy somebody else's shit unless you can do it better. Sarah... I'm just saying, he wants to be at Tennessee so bad, and he made a big mistake. Big, huge. Mm-hmm. He don't want to be at Tennessee. He wouldn't have went to Tennessee. Uh, well, it wouldn't be like coming and coaching at a high school football game, that's for sure. Ah. This, is karma. this is his karma. All right, Tennessee. <clears throat> Josh Heupel has brought possibly the most explosive offense in the nation to Knoxville, <clears throat> but the secondary drastically needs help. Yes. Agreed. My well, God. Will Heupel have to wait on more talent to become a real contender, or is this the time to take them seriously? Um, We're contenders, but we definitely 100% need help on our secondary and special I, teams. I think we, that your oh, resume's weak. You beat a Florida no. team that's weak. I think Florida's no. shitty. I think they're we have one of the hardest resumes. Florida's shitty. Um, I think uh, you're coming off a of bye week. You got LSU, Bama, and Kentucky. This is going to okay. tell all. This is going to tell all. Yeah, so Exactly. If I ask, if I gave you truth serum right now, Sarah, and I just pour, open up, I'm going to fucking give you truth serum. What is Tennessee's record after LSU, Bama, and Kentucky? Go. 10 and 2. No. Their record after LSU, Bama, and Kentucky. Are they 2 and 1? Are they 1 and 2? Are they 3 and 0? Oh? I think we beat LSU and Kentucky. I don't know about Alabama. It's hard to say. And then that's the other thing, though. We're not, I'm not sitting here saying, oh my God, you know, this is, we're the best of the best, or whatever. I'm, I am like, here we go. Let's see what we've got. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. One, two, I don't want to freaking jinx us. And anybody that does, I see tweets all the time from Tennessee fans that are like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, delete that shit now. Um, let's keep going here. Uh, we got to cut this show a little short today because I have to go deal with some things. Um, USC, can anyone stop Lincoln Riley's offense in the Pac-12? They still have Utah and UCLA, obviously. They beat Washington. They have Washington State, who's not bad. Um, can they? Are they a contender or a pretender? I think they're a contender, but I think that they struggle with Utah. All right. I I think if UCLA keeps rolling, they're going to have a true rivalry game again at the, like they have not had in a while. Um, Clemson still has to play at Notre Dame, Miami, Syracuse, and Florida State. Do you see them slipping up, or can they run the table and get to the Final Four? They'll run the table. Well, then they'll be back in the Final Four because you're not keeping Clemson out of the Final Four if they go undefeated. Not after right. winning two natties in yeah. the last four years. Well, who are they playing? Florida State, whoop-de-doo. Notre Dame, whoop-de-doo. Yeah, I mean, Miami, 
Syracuse is undefeated, and Syracuse has beaten Clemson in the last two years. So kind of like it's TCU KU games, kind of that same matchup. Yeah, then it is all right. Michigan they'll defend its spot uh, spot among unbeaten's when they Penn State comes to town in two weeks, assuming that Michigan can take care of Indiana, which I hope they can do. Illinois beat Indiana, and so has fucking Nebraska. Nebraska just beat Indiana's ass. Um, mm-hmm. Is Michigan a pretender or a contender? A contender. All right. And now we know the last three schools are contenders because they're contenders every single year. Ohio State, Georgia, and Alabama. Alabama has A&M. I think they're minus 24 in this game. So they're giving them a big, big, big fucking odds to win, uh, especially after pulling away on Arkansas, looking ahead to an A&M team that beat them last year, and then the beef with him and Jimbo in the offseason over the NIL and the portal and the recruiting thing. Um, Nick Saban freaking beat up Jimbo. (laughs) Um, I want to see a fight, damn it. I mean, Ohio State's playing as well as anyone right now um, on offense. I don't know how good the teams are playing are. I mean, fuck, Michigan struggled um, with a Maryland team that's better, but they still aren't fucking anyone to be fucking happy about. Georgia, though, I don't think Georgia, I think they're pretenders. I think that they don't have a, like, hard schedule. And they struggled with Mizzou and Kent State. So I think they're pretenders. If they actually had to play somebody worth a shit, then maybe we would see what happens. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see because what if Oregon runs the table and only loss was to Georgia? Dude, I said that at the beginning of the year. I said Oregon, and you guys all laughed at me. Well, no, I said you said Georgia to beat Georgia. Oregon. I mean, you said Oregon was going to beat Georgia? Right. Huh? I I thought that Oregon could – no, I said Georgia was going to beat them, but I yeah. I think Oregon could be a contender. It's going to be interesting because uh, if Oregon runs a table and their only loss is a blowout to Georgia, do they get in with a Utah – let's just say Utah beats SC – Utah, SC, and Oregon all have one loss. Who gets the game? They have to play each other in that Pac-12 championship game. One of them's going to come out of that. Does that team get in the Final Four? I'm very, very interested to see how this all plays out. It's going to be a very interesting year, to say the least. Um, head on over to CoachJBStore.com. Get you some gear, some merch, some whiskey, a book, a poster, you name it. Um, get you a, a bikini. Sarah may sign it for you. You never know. Uh, especially the KU one that I'm going to buy her when they win seven games. So head on over to CoachABStore.com. Get you some merch. Um, CanadaDipCBD.com. Go get you some. CoachJB is the promo code. Um, Sarah, it's always been good. It's always love. I appreciate you as always. Um, I know we're ad-libbing a lot of this. We just threw on two guests for you, so you let you learn on the run, so that's good. I'm going to have a complete test and quiz for you tomorrow about all things NFL. If you fail, you are fined, so good luck. Um, <laughs> um, make sure you pound the like button, hit subscribe, go follow Sarah Cover of fucking Playboy magazine. You don't just see those walking around every single day. So I appreciate everything. All you guys, I'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow for the morning show. We're going to break down all things Thursday night football. Plus, we're going to break down our conferences, give you our NFL grades. And me and my boy, Nick Eaton, we will be doing that tomorrow. 
So I appreciate you. And then me and Sarah will be back tomorrow, Wednesday. Matt McChesney joins us. Um, also, I just got a text from somebody that's very, very interesting. Um, he will be maybe joining us tomorrow. He's a very, very uh, public figure that you see all the time. So we'll see if we get that. But I'm not saying no names because sometimes it doesn't happen. That's why I don't put my foot in my mouth, similar to Will Levis. Um, so I appreciate everybody. Sarah, I appreciate you. Make sure you pound the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Become a member if you're not because we don't know how long we're going to go before we go all members. Make sure you stay tuned for the Discord announcement. And make sure you pound the like button as on the way out of here, man. I appreciate everybody joining us. Even fucking Isaac Lords who says, dogs go woof, cats go meow. I appreciate all you guys, man. Much love. We will see you tomorrow. And uh, make sure you pound the like button. Peace. I'm a chameleon, they call me, man. Yeah. I can go in and walk into any... Any type of, uh, any home, any background, walk down any street in, in the country, in my opinion, and I think that real recognizes real. It's a new, new venture to have. Yeah. The Coach JV Show uh, with the fabulous Sarah Blake. I am ready to do some content. Coach JV Show. Give it to you straight, no chaser. Sarah Blake.